0: If you
1: dare it's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Died back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey Jeff. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The numbers told the story. They always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander
5: on VSIN. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. First Tuesday of the month of June. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. We'll, uh, Good, nice, nice earned week off for our guy Gilly. Nice uh, vacation coming for him. I'm back from mine, so be uh, it's nice to be back. And now, uh, someone who's always always nice to us and always nice to see this early in the morning, it's our guy Mark Borchard. Of course, uh, get his great work, uh, basewinner.com, where you can find all the numbers. And Mark, uh, it is a pleasure as always to see your face at eight in the morning. How you doing today?
6: Thanks, Jeff. That's so nice of you to say. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, this season's been an interesting one for me. It seems, you know, sometimes these seasons just drag on and you're like, gosh, it just seems like, you know, forever. But this one's to me has seemed like it's really, you know, already we're we're at the seventh of June. So it's, it's really for personally gone by very fast for me, Jeff.
5: Mark, do you think that, cause I'm actually in the same camp as you here. I for, at least from my perspective, it's because the team I root for is actually good for once, but the, uh, the, I wonder if, if it also has to do just the fact that the season started 10 days late. And I, I don't know. It's just, I'm with you, though. It kind of feels like we're further along than we usually are. And it's, of course, like you said, already June 7th.
6: That You know, that's a good point because it did start later. So maybe, you know, it, what feels like, you know, it should be, you know, maybe – yeah, exactly. I, I hear what you're saying because if it started on the first, you'd have you'd have more body of work under your belt, right? So, so it, I, that does make a lot of sense, Jeff.
5: So, so Mark, I want to continue the discussion I had in the last was having in the last segment. We'll start with the NL uh, in the awards. We'll look at some MVP and some Cy Youngs here, but we'll start with the the MVP here, where Mookie Betts about a month ago is twenty to one. Now he's the betting favorite, a plus two ninety. Machado, Goldschmidt, second favorites, Alonzo and Harper, your third your fourth and fifth favorites right now. and and Mark, I, I know you you may not have up to date on this, but this this award, especially after we saw last year where Harper kind of came out of nowhere in the second, the last two months of the year, Soto almost coming back to winning that award as well. This just feels like another one where it's just uh, another award that's hard to handicap because you have legitimately right now five, six guys down the board, even Acuna possibly could make a run. Maybe even another brave like a Matt Olson is a hard award to handicap at this moment, two months in.
6: Yeah, this one really surprised me because when, when you look at Mookie Betts, and I know we talked about Aaron Judge versus Shoei last week on the mm-hmm. show, and, and I went into the war number, which I think that that should be used since they're using it to determine, uh, you know, salary negotiation with pre-arb players. At least they were talking about it in the last contract negotiations. I think that you you really should take a look at using war, some kind of uh derivation of that uh, to determine, you know, who is the most valuable player to their team. And so when I, when I look at it today, I'm looking at bets and he's at a 3.6 war, which is higher than judges. And I, I that was surprising to me, uh, Jeff.
5: No, definitely. And, and again, this is one of those where the Dodgers are the second best record in the NL. And I, I, when I was going through it this morning too, I was a little bit surprised it was that high as well, especially when, Again, all the at least the MVP award more so than the Cy Young to me, narratives will play a role here. And the narrative on Judge, like you said, who is the betting favorite right now on the American League side at two to one, the whole narrative on Judge is that just been by far the best player in the American League. And like you said, you discussed this last week with Gil. But I, but what I'm
6: surprised on is just uh, the war numbers mm-hmm. is you're seeing you're seeing bets higher than judge because you wouldn't think that by right. all accounts, you know, with all the media hype around judge. And he's played well. I mean, if you look at it, they've played, I think, 54 games and, uh, you know, he's at a, he's at a three point two. So like if you extrapolate that out, he's like double digit war. So he's played well, but Betts is Betts is even better. And, and uh, you know, if I think if he goes at that pace, I, I think that Betts has probably got to be locked in to win that MVP. In, in my opinion, you know, playing in that dot, in that L.A. market, Jeff.
5: Betts right now at plus 290 there on the MVP award. The AL side, I know you, you talked with Gil last week on this. Uh, look, it just, with, with Otani, despite the fact that, of course, he's the closest thing to Babe Ruth, that we see in this era it just it just isn't happening so far for him this year
6: yeah i think that that was for me kind of a key outing when he went into uh yankee stadium last week and and didn't have the, the best outing i think he got picked off of uh, as a runner as well and so i think that that's going to stick in a lot of people's mind for the voting and for me personally if if, if really anybody uh wins this thing other than otani looking looking in the, it's really funny how that how i came on uh, earlier in in the year before the season started and i there was five guys that i put into a group mm-hmm. and and getting plus money on those five guys and and they're they're all around otani I, mean, I had judge trout ramirez guerrero and jordan and uh you know so i thought that that was i i think that if the worst otani is for, for me personally, the better, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think with Gil, what I, what I talked about last week was if Otani kind of stays within, uh, I think, a combining his war, uh, pitching and his war batting, if he kind of stays within uh, a safe distance or a close distance, close proximity to the near to the leader, I w- and I would say that the war proximity for me, the threshold would be like. I won one and a half, maybe. Then I think it's his 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 award to get. Uh, but if he if he doesn't, then I mean, there's there's really any of these guys for me would be would be fine.
5: I'm with you there. Jose Ramirez just gets completely forgotten because of where he plays and who he plays for. Uh, but he he's had a massive start to the year, and I I, I see where you're coming from there, Mark. Uh, especially again, Otani is. Tani's WAR right now as a hitter. Uh, I think is is less than one, so uh, 0. 0.7, If I'm reading that correctly, uh, uh, for Otani on WAR. Speaking of pitching, I, Mark, I was I was in the newer jurisdictions uh, these last few days, trying to figure out what to use. One of the free bets that I got uh, got, and I was looking at the Cy Young market, both leagues for that matter, not just the AL uh, but the NL as well. And my big takeaway is. This market is so complicated right now because all the odds are jumbled. Uh, AL Cy Young, Verlander right now is your favorite, plus 425 at Ben MGM. Uh, on the NL side, the reigning Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns, is at 4-1. to one. But, but, Mark, it feels like on both sides of the ledger here, there are plenty of people that could come out of left field and steal this award because no one has really separated themselves in either league on either side.
6: Yeah, so I think in that case you you probably need to look and say, well, based on, on the the aggregation of stats so far, who is the one that you think is the most mispriced? And this National League, Cy Young, I'm looking at DraftKings and Aaron Null is 30 to one? I, I mean, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. If you look at my my starting pitchers on basewinner.com nola is in base winner era he is fourth overall he's actually ahead of burns in base winner era which is i mean they're not obscure statistics i use strikeout percentage walk percentage and ground ball percentage and if you look at nola he's got a 2.42 base winner era compared to burns 2.51 and one of the things that i think is super important in determining the Cy Young winner is just the raw strikeout numbers. And if you look at Burns, he's at 84 and Nola's only five strikeouts behind at 79. And then you look at the price difference between these guys. Burns is is four to one and Nola's 30 to one. And I'm just like, what am I missing here? I think Nola's a really good opportunity uh, to get a a really a great pitcher at, at a, at a nice price, 30 to one Jeff.
5: Yeah, Noah Noah's thirty to one at Ben MGM as well, even behind Josh Hader on those odds right now. So that's crazy. Yeah, I,
6: I can't. I mean, you know, and, and so like the Phillies have an opportunity to get into the playoffs with with uh, you know the expanded playoffs this year. Uh, I I don't know. I think that's I think that's really what what screams a play to me on that board
5: Yeah, no, no, at 30 to one, you get it multiple shops. Uh, don't even have to shop around too hard to get that 30 to one. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, where, where you're looking there for uh, Mark Borchard on the NL side, AL side. Uh, li- like I said, Verlander's favored right now. If you're going off your base winner, ERA, it's McClanahan, right?
6: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, if you look, if you look at the base winner ERA and let me, I'm guess switch over to this American league base winner ERA, uh, McClanahan has a 1.87. So that's number one in not just American league, but baseball. And one of the th- the things that I, I just, I mean, this is kind of a, amazing to me and, and I've talked about it on my bet us show and, and people just are like, they love Justin Verlander. And I'm like, well, he's good, but he's not that good. If you look at his base winner, ERA, 3.36, 34th overall in baseball. And so I just think that that's a false favorite there, uh, Jeff. And and so you got to figure, well, how, who are you going to, who are you going to pick out of that, that group there? I don't see anybody that like stands out from a, a real uh, extreme value there. I mean, I think that it's probably priced right. You know, uh, Gallisman, I like, but he's priced down there. Cole is is probably the pitcher that I like next to t- to uh, McClanahan, uh, but I just think that uh, it's unfortunate too because I think that uh, that Verlander's a false favorite there. But I just can't, unfortunately, can't come up with an ult- a, a, a bet to make there uh, to oppose that false favorite, Jeff.
5: Right, right, because the number numbers based off what you said, those numbers are right on McClanahan and Cole. Not much value uh, there right now. You have you also have Garrett Cole at the sixth. Best base winner ERA so far in baseball at 2.58, uh, Mark, which uh, is quite the turnaround for uh, people wanting to run him run him out as a as a fake ace in New York at the beginning of this season, Mark.
6: Yeah, and it's like it's like too bad that like people don't hate him more, and he you, you get him like ten or twelve to one because that would be a that would be I think what I would play him at.
5: Right, and right now you're seeing six to one, seven to one right now and uh, of course the, the revelation himself Nestor Cortez the fourth favorite in the American League off to a wildly good start so far this year Mark hang around we'll get your plays for today we'll also look at some more macro things as baseball enters the, the, uh, the dog getting close to the dog days about a month away from the all-star break and dog days of July and August in Major League Baseball more with Mark Borchard next on a numbers game on v Sin, the Sports Betting Network
1: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VCN.com to check the current betting splits data. Betting splits will show you where the money and the bets are moving for every game, and it is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on a number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits another way. Vison is here to make you smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game. vison.com is where you can find it. Back on a numbers game here on vSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Gil is out this week. Mr. Vegas himself, Brian Ortega is in my chair today. Uh, we'll we'll uh, get a we'll get an opinion from Ortega on something Vegas related later in the program potentially. We may we may have that. But with us still, our guy Mark Borchard, of course, uh, base winner. Where you can find Mark's great work uh, the Bet USA uh, Bet USA Baseball Show as well. Uh, Mark, I just. I, I got to ask you this because you don't see teams that look competent usually blow up like the Angels have over the last two weeks. The Angels have gone from right in the thick of it in the AL West to two games under 500 and not even in a wild card spot right now. They've lost 12 in a row. Mike Trout is mired in this horrible slump. Uh, Mark, Mark, how does this one, how does this even happen? And two, how do we even. How do we even look at the angels right now? I thought they were going to be a playoff team going in and now they look, look worse than the pirates.
6: Yeah, they were, they were a sneaky play for me to win that division. And that's, that's looking like a lame play right now, Jeff, I think, you know, you asked me the question, like, how does this happen? Well, if you look at their last 10 games, their plate discipline numbers are awful. And that's, that's defined by strikeouts divided by our, our walks divided by strikeouts rather. And league average is like a 0.4 and they're at 0.273 and that's 29th in baseball. So I think that that's the first thing that they probably need to solve is, is getting the, the, a good pitch to hit, which is so fundamentally important and uh, judging by the BBK number uh, being so low, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of why they they haven't really had success offensively at least Jeff.
5: Keep it in that division real quick, Mark, just going through your numbers. Seattle still the biggest uh, underachiever so far. Yeah. You know, I
6: really like the Seattle team. I, I played them last night and and was fortunate to kind of survive a poor start by Robbie Ray. And, and my, the numbers are so mixed on this guy because his strikeout percentage is still pretty good. If you look at his last four months strikeout percentage, but he's given up a lot of home runs. And I think that those home runs can be sometimes considered random, but maybe with Robbie Ray, there's something there. He's just, he's finding too much of the plate. And so that's a little bit concerning. But if you look at the, the Seattle team, uh, uh, despite where they sit in the standings, here are 25 and 30. They really, by my expected win standing, they should be 32 and 22. And you say, Well, base runner, how do you calculate that? That sounds kind of absurd. There's a big change there. Well, if you look at their weighted runs created plus, they're at 112, which is really a good number. And their XFIP minus is close to league average at 102. But defensively, their defensive runs saved is second in baseball. They've saved 28 defensive runs. And you put that all in the mixer, and that kind of gives their expected standing so this is a team I like. I like their plate discipline, their approach uh, you know they got to Gaussman, they got to Verlander they can hit good pitch good pitching and I think they're a team to watch perhaps to to maybe make a bid at getting get one of those playoff spots.
5: Jeff Mark, Mark just looking on the on the flip side real quick, the overachievers right now you you have three te- five teams that are three wins or more expected wins that they have currently than what you expect them to have. Right now the Mets lead baseball with four more wins than they're supposed to based off your numbers. The only difference with them as opposed to you as opposed to the other teams in here, the Mets are still projected to have an implied winning percentage of almost 600. So still yeah. supposed to be a very good team.
6: A, a good team, however, you know, a little bit better than than what their numbers show. I mean, still, there's there's nothing to sneeze at. That one seventeen to runs creative plus leads baseball. The xFIP is is I think fifth in baseball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, their their implied win percentage is four f- number four out of out of thirty teams. So nothing to sneeze at. But they they are the technically the luckiest quote unquote team uh, based on those numbers. Uh, They're 38, 19. They should be 34 and 23, Jeff.
5: Mark, the one team that stands out in that top five is the White Sox, who have been, who have, who, who based off the record and the expectation going into the year have been one of the biggest underachievers in baseball. And then you look at your numbers, they are three wins better than what you would expect, which again, the White Sox right now, and the twins have almost hopped them as the betting favorites at Bet MGM and the AL Central. A uh, Mark uh, based off your numbers, this is uh, the White Sox are very fortunate to not be further out right now.
6: Yeah. If you look at their pitching, it's, it's just a little bit below league average. That's, that's the whole, the bullpen and the starting pitching, but way to runs create a plus a 92, which puts them in the bottom uh, 10 teams in baseball and defensively, they haven't been very good. They're the fifth worst team in baseball. So you're right. They're 25 and 27, but they should be 21 and 30. And I think that one of the things that's, that's super concerning uh, about the White Sox is is their, their plate discipline, uh, statistics. And, and those things have been not very good over the last, uh, you know, especially on the road over the last uh, 20 games on the road, they're 26 in baseball and their plate discipline uh, number. That's BB divided by K. And that that's concerning because I I think that that's an important number. A lot of the, a lot of the stats, you, you know, the power stats, there's, there's some variance in that, you know, sometimes you hit a hard ball, you hit it right at the, at the left fielder. But I think that the walk and the strikeout rate is something that not only a pitcher can control, but the batter can control it to a certain extent,
5: Jeff. Mark, uh, just looking at the other two overachievers real quick, because they're both in the playoff mix, the Padres and the Cardinals, uh, it seems like the Cardinals are always on this list, regardless of what, uh, what, what season it is. Uh, Padres, uh, 3.9 wins better than expected. Cardinals, 3.4 wins better than expected. But, Mark, just between those two teams, which one of those two teams do you think is better set for success, even with right now being quote-unquote lucky based off your numbers?
6: I like the Padres better, obviously, but you're asking the wrong guy. My, my numbers have been my numbers have been really bad against the Cardinals. Like, like, People are like, he hates these Cardinals, but it's just the numbers guys. I don't really personally hate the Cardinals, but uh, yeah, no, I think the Padres are better. They're, you know, they're going to get to tease back. And so that's a, that's a big component uh, in that they're bullpens, uh, I probably top half of the league. And then you look at the the Cardinals bullpen. I have a three metric chart that just looks at swinging strike percentage and expected walk percentage. And, and they're kind of in the bottom tier. So the, the relief, I, I just, I can't get behind the Cardinals starting pitching. I'm not a huge fan of me. I really don't like Dakota Hudson. And uh, in fact, I don't, I mean, Flaherty, I think he scores okay. in my numbers, but, but I, I can't think of a pitcher uh, for that team that I'm, that, that scores that rates high uh, in in my numbers, Jeff.
5: Card uh, the Gil refers to giants magic. Uh, the, uh, I went to school. I went to school in Missouri, Mark, and, uh, the non Cardinal fans and in, in Columbia, Mo always referred to it as Cardinals, devil magic, kind of, kind of the way it's working out yet again, uh, for the Cardinals who, again, legitimate MVP candidate though in Paul Goldschmidt. All right, Mark, we got about two minutes. What do you like on the card today?
6: Well, I'm going to go with this Washington national team over the team total. I think it's pretty low at three and a half. And uh, you mentioned, uh, I, I, I have mentioned plate discipline statistics a lot uh, on the show today. And if you, this is really surprising. Over the last 10 games, Washington uh, with the best uh, – Walks divided by strikeout with the fourth best walks divided by strikeout in the league, and and I, that's surprising because you wouldn't think that they they would have that kind of plate discipline, but they sure do. I think their ISO power is good, uh, bound to regress. I think that that lineup's pretty deep. I like it over three and a half. The other two games I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Philly on the five inning line minus 130. Uh, not a big fan of Jason Alexander, al- although I did like him on the Seinfeld TV show. And then <laughs> and then I'm going to play the uh, the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays and a lay the wood parlay uh, The if you if you combine them together in a parlay it's plus 150 Jeff and those are the three plays I'm gonna I'm gonna play today
5: there you go I that's fascinating with the Nats who of course have hey, just one of the teams you look at is one of the worst teams in baseball but look even Mark it's a 162 game season even these bad teams go in spurts where they do some things right I
6: think offensively, they're better than what people think. The The pitching, uh, no doubt, is is awful. Uh, bullpens bad, starting pitching is bad, but that offense is pretty good. I, w- I would have them probably at least in the top half, Jeff.
5: Right now, uh, the Nats, of course, uh, 16 and a half games behind the Mets, but uh, that's okay. As we said, the Mets, even though they're overachieving, still a pretty good baseball team this year here in 2022 of course mark borchard on the tweets at base winner you can find him on the bet u.s baseball show as well and you can find him here every tuesday on a numbers game mark it's always a pleasure to talk to you thanks for uh hopping on with us today no
6: problem jeff have, have good luck filling in for the voice of sports betting you're doing a good job so
5: far uh, thank you very much mark it's uh they, they are big shoes to fill as always they uh, sure he, are he, he does such
6: a great job he,
5: he's uh he's as good as they come as we know uh thanks again to mark borchard Uh, for hopping on with us this morning. Our guy Danny Burke. Danny's probably going to be a little bit upset with me that I didn't see him while I was in Chicago last week. But our guy Danny Burke, the host of Rush Hour on this very network, going to join us next. We'll ask ask him if either the Lightning or the Rangers stack up well against Colorado and more. Danny Burke next on a numbers game.
0: Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: The VSIN summer special is live for just $39. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now through the end of the month of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, JVT with the best bets all the way through the NBA finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup final and we will also have plenty of preseason coverage for the NFL, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full visa experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, the use of our betting tools, live video stream whenever you want it, it costs just $39 American dollars to be a subscriber through July 31st. vsin.com/summer is where you take advantage of that great offer. It is a numbers game here on vsin. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Brian Ortega is here as well. And now with us he's the host of Rush Hour. He's the host of the Chicago City Cast. It's our guy Danny Burke with us right now. He's also producer number 6 on this program as well. I can't forget your biggest accolade, Danny. I can I can't forget that.
4: Buddy, it's uh, it is incredibly tough shoes to fill going in, you know, out of the bullpen for you. But yeah, you're right. Gil was saying that the last time I was talking to him on a PTA. He's like, oh, I forgot. Where's that on the list of your accomplishments? I was like, oh, it's either one A or one B (laughs) somewhere right up there.
5: Oh, definitely. I, I, you may, you may, uh, you you may have to eliminate the one, the A or the B. It might just have to be number one on all on its own. You just have to forget the, uh, the letters there. Danny, I, I want to start with hockey here because we haven't we haven't really mentioned it on the show. The Colorado Avalanche are into the Stanley Cup Finals. They dispatched relatively easily the Edmonton Oilers six five last night with a wild third period and then the winner in overtime. Uh, to get the Avs back to the cup final for the first time since the early 2000s. Arturi Lekkanen with the winner to send Colorado on. Danny, just just looking at this right now. Colorado's a $2 favorite at Ben MGM to win the cup. Of course, we still have a series going on with the, the Rangers and the Lightning. Of the two teams in the East, who do you think matches up better with the Avs?
4: Man, I, I've been all over the Lightning in this series, and it hasn't looked great. I'm going to be honest. I mean, the Rangers are a completely different beast when they're playing on their home ice. Shusterkin is playing like the best goalie in hockey, which is what he looked like going into the postseason, but then we kind of saw him struggle here and there tonight's game is going to be huge because if the lightning win this game, I think they're for sure. Winning this series probably goes to seven. We'll have to see, but you know, of course, if it flips the other way with the Rangers winning, then you can obviously give the huge momentum swing to the Rangers, but this lightning team still has that pedigree that makes the difference. And what's kind of been infuriating about Tampa Bay a little bit is going into this series. I thought the difference would be based on what we saw with Carolina is a little bit more disciplined squad in Tampa Bay, but they've been committing a lot of penalties themselves, which of course has been setting up New York with their power play opportunities. Now I will say Carolina themselves. Could not score when they had a power play opportunity present. Tampa Bay was able to take advantage of that, at least in the last game. So look, it's quality over quantity. They obviously had The huge stronghold in shots on goals at home in the last spot, and if they can do that again tonight, I think they do capture another win, tie the series up at two apiece. And Jeff, you mentioned, I mean, Colorado, they're they're as high as minus two twenty five out here in Illinois. It, It seems kind of absurd, and I and I get that Colorado has been the short shot this entire year. But even though they swept Edmonton, we still have to take into account, I feel like, what we saw in that St. Louis series, and that is that this team is vulnerable to being unstable. And you just don't know what you're going to get out of the goaltending on a consistent basis. And, you know, Edmonton kind of just looked like the team who we thought they should have been before the Calgary series, at least in my mind when I look at that matchup against Colorado. And also, it was an Edmonton team that was completely banged up. And Mike Smith, I just don't like him as a goalie whatsoever. So if you have, just you as any better out there, have some conviction with the Rangers or the Lightning, why not take a flyer on either one of? those teams right now you could get them plus 425 plus 450 respectively and then you'll be sitting on a nice series price when one of those teams goes and plays against colorado because i don't think they should be that big of a favorite
5: danny burke with the polite way of saying mike smith isn't any good that's a (laughs) a very very polite way to put that there danny but i look i i'm at the point where i would only look to bet tampa in in those markets but Mm -hmm. uh i'm with you i like tampa tonight to get it done and then a coin flip series from there, Danny, I want, I want to go to the, uh, go to the NBA finals here. Series tied at one, basically a coin flip right now in the series price. Warriors slight favorite minus minus one fifteen. Celtics minus one Oh five series. Of course resumes tomorrow night in Boston with the Celtics as a three and a half point favorite. Is there anything you're looking to play in game three? And is there anything you're looking to play uh, on a series price or, or even an MVP market at this point?
4: Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I was talking about this on my show last night with Stormy Bonantoni, and I was like, because she she likes the Celtics to win the series. So I'm like, all right, Stormy, well, you know, after game one, the discourse was kind of surrounding Al Horford and having all this incredible value to win finals MVP. Who would you bet or who would you think would get the award if you liked the Celtics to win it? I mean, Tatum is a short shot, you know, plus one fifteen out here in Illinois. He had an off game one is uh, plus minus differential was historically low for game two. So, is it even worth playing Tatum in that spot? Probably not. I mean, Jalen Brown has been a little bit more consistent, uh, and you get somewhat of value on Jason Brown at this point. But, you know, I've been invested on the Warriors before the series. I took Steph Curry at plus 125 for finals MVP. I like the Warriors to win this series but for game three, Jeff, you know, this game is just going to be absolutely fascinating in a huge tell of what you can expect for the remaining games in this series. I believe because you would think that it would have that zigzag theory and that Boston would have the advantage. And I'm not saying they don't, but let's not forget this team has kind of been wishy-washy on their home floor this postseason, And they've been full of surprises full of blowing big leads. So that's why I would almost look at it from the perspective of, all right, Boston will probably have a lead in a majority of this game. They're going to have the crowd behind their back. They're going to look to bounce back from their terrible effort in game two. So at some point, I feel like you can get a better number on golden state as an underdog instead of plus three and a half right now, I'm sure you can get a better spot at some point in the game. And if that ends up coming to fruition, I think that's what I'm going to look to jump in on golden state. But if you do want to do something pre flop, I think I would prefer taking the value with golden state as opposed to Boston. And I wasn't, I didn't have this much confidence in this angle until I was actually talking with Mike Palm yesterday too. And you know, he had a pretty decent point. I mean, yeah, Boston came back and had one of the most impressive victories in game one, but golden state had that momentum maintained all the way up until the fourth quarter. And then it took until absolute perfection out of Boston to come back and win, which, you know, was just kind of an aberration, you would assume. And then in game two, obviously, Golden State just completely took over in the second half. So for a majority of this series, you would think Golden State has been the better team. We'll see how they come out in game three, but I'm probably looking to get a better in-game number with them, but I still like them in the series.
5: Yeah, Danny, it just this, these teams just feel even to me. I understand what you're saying there. Like, it did legitimately take a perfect, Perfect shooting fourth quarter and a 40 to 16 outburst for Boston to win game one. But this just feels coin flippy. It felt coin flippy going into the series. And I'm, I'm just going to have, I'm going to have a nice time staying away from it and probably playing it the way that you're going to do and, and, uh, and bet this thing in game uh, more than anything. The rest of the way, Danny, we have about two minutes uh, baseball wise uh, right now. Of course uh, you're in Chicago. You're on the Chicago city cast. Of course you uh you're, you're doing your show from the Bed Rivers Casino just uh, just outside of O'Hare, uh, it, it, just outside of the uh, out, on the outskirts of Chicago. Uh, I asked Mark Borchardt about this with the White Sox, who are five games behind the Twins now in the AL Central. The Twins have almost hopped them in the division markets. I, when is this going to start for them? Or do you think we're at a point where the White Sox have just shown us that they're just not that good?
4: look, it's a little bit of both in terms of if you had any expectations for the white Sox to win the world series, that's when you go, no, they're clearly not good enough to get that done. But in terms of the AL central Jeff, I still think they're absolutely live and a good betting opportunity, depending on where you could get this price. For this White Sox team. I mean, you think about the injuries they've endured with Lance Lynn, with Jimenez, I mean, Tim Anderson. If they can, for once, just stay healthy, this team can obviously compete with anybody. But, you know, then you look at their batting splits. They're not crushing righties, they're only hitting lefties successfully, which has been the case the last two seasons. But I still look at this division in the outlook of I think the other teams are going to end up shooting themselves in the foot the Twins will start having a really difficult schedule toward the second half of the season whereas for the White Sox that's when they will get some favorable spots so I do believe the White Sox still figure it out If you can get it like under minus 120, because I took minus 110 a little bit ago, I think that's still a good outlook for this White Sox team. I think the easy schedule will do wonders for them in the second half because it's still such a long season. So I think they'll figure it out for the division. No trust in them in the playoffs after that, though.
5: He's Danny Burke. You can get him on the tweets at Danny Burke5. Of course, the host of Rush Hour as well. Six o'clock Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. As always, the one hour program leading in. To primetime action Danny a pleasure as always buddy you got it Jeff take care absolutely Danny Burke everyone when we come back we're going over to some football there's an interesting list that uh, has appeared on coaches have some thoughts on that that's next the numbers game with
0: Gil Alexander on VSEN,
5: the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets, free risk-free tokens, and much more. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can convert your BetMGM points into BetMGM Rewards points That you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get a bigger piece of the pie of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is a numbers game here on v I'm Jeff Parles. Brian Ortega is here as well. Mr. Vegas himself. The Lombardi line coming up next. Michael Lombardi and uh, Dave Ross in the house for that one. Speaking of, uh, of things that happened during the break, how about this, Brian Ortega, for some breaking news? Tiger Woods tweeting, I had previously informed the USGA that I will not be competing in the U.S. Open as my body needs more time to get stronger for major championship golf. I do hope and plan to be ready to play in Ireland at the JP Pro-Am and then the Open Championship next month. I'm excited to get back out there soon. So no Tiger Woods at Brookline." next week or two week or yeah it's next week it's next week in, in brookline in massachusetts of course father's day uh, a week from sunday that you know but no tiger and uh who would have what what would have it paid to get the tiger woods not to play in the us open phil mickelson to play in the us open would've probably made some oh, money it on that. it would have been crazy probably would have made yeah. some money on yeah that. you've been good but uh, no tiger in the us open and you know what i think this is probably for tiger's sake he's probably not realistically competing for more than possibly even just making the weekend, kind of like what we saw at Southern Hills where he really fought and grinded it out and made the cut in the PGA and then withdrew with the significant leg pain after round three. St. Andrews, he can legitimately compete. And it's not just making the cut. It's okay, I can actually be in position. Kind of like what we when he's as close to 100% that he can be with the leg, that you would expect to see at the Masters moving forward. But yes, no no Tiger at the U.S. Open. Of course, as we talked about earlier, the new uh, LIV the Live Golf Tour, that first tournament is in London, starting on Thursday. Of course, there are big names there: Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, DJ. One of about seven, including Lou Ustazen and Kevin Nada, resigned from the PGA Tour. Remember, the PGA Tour does not include the majors. Really, it's kind of just a get-around, to not get punished for the majors. I'm kind of what, 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 what Drew Dinsick said. I'm just, I, I don't think this is going to be more than just a flash in the pan. But who knows? Who knows? There's a lot of money flying around in that tournament. By the way, from a betting perspective, I have no clue what to do with this. No clue what to do with this. Going up against the Canadian Open this week. So there you go uh, on the uh, on, on a new golf tour that, again, had been plenty of plenty of times you thought it wasn't going to happen, but it's happening starting this week in London uh, for the first uh, event for that DJ, of course, Dustin Johnson, by far the biggest name in that tour. Taylor Gooch, the second favorite behind DJ in this week's tournament at the Live uh, turn a uh, live tour in London. Brian, did you see this? I know you saw it because I uh, I I showed I told you this. So Pro Football Focus put out a list yesterday ranking the NFL head coaches from an analytics perspective. Which I'm going to just say this nearly an impossible task. Nearly an impossible task to do. And the impossible task came up with a very weird list. The only thing on this list, uh, just we'll go top 10 more than anything. The only thing this list definitely got right is who the top three coaches in the NFL are today. Which Bill Belichick came in number one. Belichick is the best coach in the history of the league. He should be number one. John Harbaugh came in at number two. No problem with that. I would probably flip the guy who was at number three, who was Andy Reid, ahead of Harbaugh. But those three guys, one, two, three, absolutely the three best coaches in the NFL. No problem there. Now this is when the list gets really, really interesting. And and part of the reason these lists end up going on is because sometimes you see coaches that are really good on one side of the ball, but not good on the other side. Cliff Kingsbury comes in at number four, which is just wild. But based off their rankings, it's because his team scores 81 points more than their opponent on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I'm curious on this, of how much this has to do with Arizona early in seasons the last two years were dominant offensively, then Kyler Murray gets hurt and then they're mediocre to average. If you watch Arizona play, there's no way in the world. Cliff Kingsbury's a top four coach Pete Carroll's number five. A lot of this has to do with the Legion of boom years where Pete Carroll was coaching one of the best teams in football games past Pete by at this point, the Packer killer. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You're not wrong there. And, uh, and look for Carroll. this is going to be, it could be a miserable year in Seattle. It's just really going to be difficult for them. What if you're, they get Baker? You're, Still not good. Your your guy LaFleur is in at six. Uh, Brian Ortega, one of the many Packers fans we have at this network. Uh LaFleur, again, I don't this is the one the hard thing with, with, with this list, especially when they're going analytically based, where they're going off defensive and offensive rank and putting it up, putting it out and spitting out a number with an average roster. We have no idea what Lafleur is because Aaron Rodgers is is the most is as talented of a quarterback as we've ever seen. You're very, you're very, you're very correct there. Yeah, I mean, when Jordan Love played, obviously it was a second season. but it's it It was you know, KFC, yeah. Kansas City, not KFC. <laughs> Might as well have been. But, <laughs> but, but, but they but, did cover though. But they did cover. Trust me, I had that one. Thank you. I had the points there, Brian. I remember that. But yeah. look, I don't know. I don't know what Matt Lafleur is. I don't know even even though he's been in the league, he's has the most wins for the first three seasons of league history as a head coach. But how much of that is Aaron Rodgers and how much of that is him? Kind of kind of find that out a little bit now because, because Adams not being there a little bit harder uh, receivers wise. We'll see Kyle Shanahan at seven. That makes sense. Mike Vrabel at eight. That also makes sense. Frank Reich at number nine. That makes sense. Then this is where this gets weird. By the way, I have not mentioned Mike Tomlin or Sean McVay so far on this list, and I'm already at number 10. Number 10 is Mike McCarthy. Now, if I'm looking at this, this is another one, because this dates back to 2010. This is another one where Mike McCarthy's numbers are skewed horribly because of Aaron Rodgers, where you know it's a running joke on on the show. You can't trust. It's the McCarthy tax. When you're betting on Dallas now. Mike McCarthy's not a top 10 coach. Same deal with like Kingsbury and McCarthy are the two on this list that are in the top 10 that are just like, what are we doing here? So we're, we're, what we're, about we're, Bill Belichick since he, he also had the Tom Brady factor, but you say, yeah, but, but, Super but, Bowls? but here, but here's the thing though, with Belichick though, defensively speaking, you're, you're, you're dealing with a guy who, even though he may have look Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Sure. We're in the playoffs in a rookie quarterback last year. The roster that yeah they put a lot of money into it but still thought that roster had some work to do. Now, there's no arguing on Bill Belichick. There is arguing on Mike McCarthy, who we know is has done some very weird things through his career for sure as a coach. By the way, the biggest thing too, uh, McVeigh at eleven, too low, obviously. Mike Tomlin, who continually, uh, and there there are some things that Tomlin does that are strange. But Tomlin is absolutely a top-ten coach in this league still. He, wins, he goes over 500 every year. He goes over 500 every year. Ben Roethlisberger with no arm left to make the playoffs last year. So, again, check out the list because it is a little more, it's a little more complicated than just firing out just a picture of the list. But <sighs> Cliff Kingsbury at four, actually, I think might be worse than McCarthy at ten. Kingsbury, that team fades so badly at the end of the season. And it's not just because Kyler Murray is unhealthy. There's coaching things in there as well. We're going to find out quickly in this year, because if Arizona gets off to a bad start, I wouldn't shock me if Kingsbury's not there after this year. And of course, Kyler Murray isn't pleased with what's going on in Phoenix right now, but I mean, check out the list. Uh, you see how they, they put it together completely, but it, it is fascinating to see. And it's almost an impossible task to Rank coaches by analytic standards. Really difficult more than anything. Well, that's all the time we have today. Fun show. Big thanks to Drew, Danny, our guy Mark Borchard. As always, big thanks to Mr. Vegas Dak back there. Brian Ortega doing a great job, as always. Even Dave Ross giving him the thumbs up over there in the corner. Dave Ross and Michael Lombardi coming up next. The Lombardi line takes you for the next two hours here on vSIN. We're back tomorrow on a numbers game.